Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. By this point in our Gospel, our Lord is making his way to Jerusalem to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised on the third day, as he prophesied to his disciples. As he nears Jerusalem, the Pharisees and the scribes, who were never quite on friendly terms with Jesus in the first place, begin to become more and more hostile towards him, seeking ways to trap him in his words and turn the people against him. In our gospel this morning, we see a good example of this. Our Lord casts out a demon whose particular evil was to make a man mute, that he might not proclaim the praises of God. When the demon was cast out and the man was able to speak again, the multitudes marveled. Surely this man was a great prophet. He may even be the Messiah. This will not do in the mind of the Pharisees. To them and their allies in opposing Jesus, they cannot let this stand. This will only draw more and more people to him. And so some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. They know that Jesus is working great miracles, and so to turn people away from him, they accuse him of blasphemy and of working with the devil in order to deceive people. They use an Aramaic word, Beelzebub, a purposeful mispronunciation of a prominent Philistine idol that changes the meaning of its name to Lord of Flies in mockery of it. Others, in their hearts, think of some sort of sign of which they could ask him in order to test him so that when he fails to do it, as they assume that he will in their minds, they will denounce him once and for all. Our Lord, however, knows their thoughts. He knows what they are doing and why. He knows that they themselves know the problem with what they're saying and that they may not even believe it. And so our Lord responds to their accusation in a way that they will not be able to answer. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The very first thing that he does is to answer is demonstrate how their hatred of him is leading them to make truly foolish accusations. They're not even thinking when they accuse him of casting out demons by demons, and our Lord shows them the folly of their claim. First, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself falls. This 
first statement cannot be refuted by them. It is indeed true, and they know it. Indeed, a kingdom opposed to itself will fall into desolation and destruction. It will accomplish that itself, but then, when it's brought low, an enemy from without will come and make its destruction complete. Since they agree to this, our Lord then adds, If Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? The devil has a kingdom of his own. All those who are not in the kingdom of God, by virtue of their sin and the rebellion against him, are in it, including those possessed by evil spirits. Our Lord Jesus Christ, by bringing the, in bringing the kingdom of God, cast out evil spirits wherever he came across them. His earthly ministry was full of dismantling the kingdom of the devil by casting out demons and calling men and women to repentance and faith. Our Lord was waging war against Satan from the beginning of his ministry. How could this serve Satan? It couldn't. If Satan was behind it, he would be behind his own defeat. They could not answer this, and so he adds the finishing touch to his response that proves how foolish their accusation is. You say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. There were at this time itinerant Jewish exorcists that would cast out demons. For in the lead-up of our Lord's coming, the devil was busy in the region of Judea, trying, no doubt, to frustrate Jesus' ministry. The intertestamental literature shows that the Jewish people were very aware of the multitude of evil spirits that were making themselves known more and more frequently from the time that the prophets ceased speaking. And so our Lord asks, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, as you're claiming, by whom do your sons cast them out? If, according to them, Jesus, who casts out all evil spirits that he comes across with a word, did so by the devil, so must the exorcists that they claimed as their own. Therefore they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The sentence is not spoken explicitly, but it is implied. They know from experience that Jesus is not aligned to Satan, but that God is working through him just as he worked through them. So they will pronounce those accusing Jesus of this as being guilty. And so since Jesus is doing this by the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is here. And so he says to them, repent and believe the gospel. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are at peace. But when a stronger than him comes and takes up, overtakes him and comes upon him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Our Lord tells a short parable to explain what he had just said. The devil, he says, is like a strong man. He holds his treasure, the souls lost in error and sin, safe within his kingdom. He guards them so that they too will suffer with him rather than escaping the wrath to be revealed against the sons of disobedience. He keeps them safe, that is, until one stronger than he comes. 
until our Lord Jesus Christ comes to rescue those caught in Satan's bondage. The image is one of utter defeat. The strong man, the devil, is overwhelmed and defeated, so that his goods are plundered by the stronger one, by Jesus Christ. Many of the paintings from the Reformation by the artists like Lucas Cranach show the devil at the resurrection of Jesus being bound in chains and under Jesus' feet to demonstrate this parable and what Jesus has done by his death and resurrection. In his ministry, our Lord was constantly doing this through the freeing of men and women who were possessed and oppressed by demons. He was doing this through rousing the people to faith in him, the Messiah who was to come and was here. The most definitive act, however, was when he did this on the cross, bearing our sin. For our sin is the reason that we were in the devil's clutches to begin with. Our sin yoked us to him who first rebelled against God. But by bearing our sin, and by making satisfaction for it by his innocent sufferings and death, in our stead, our Lord Jesus utterly defeats the devil. All who trust in Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of sins are at the moment of faith plundered from the kingdom of the devil and are set free into the kingdom of God. Each baptism, our Lord Jesus brings a new soul safely through the waters and drowns, and as their sin drowns and dies. For through baptism, we are united to Jesus' death and resurrection, which he defeated the devil and made atonement for our sins. Unless we think that there are more than two sides to this, our Lord adds, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. There's no neutral ground. There's no third kingdom. We are either with the devil or we are on the side of Christ. For what is sin if not rebellion against God? For when God says, you shall not, sin says, yes, I think I shall. Thus all who have sinned have set themselves up against God, and all have sinned. If it were not for Christ Jesus' redemptive work, we would all be still in opposition to God. But our Lord Jesus has, by God's grace, brought us from being enemies of God to being his children. For all who repent of their sins and trust in him for the forgiveness of sins because of what he has done on the cross, receive that very forgiveness. Thus we are with him, and by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, he purifies our good works so that we gather with him. May we daily, by God's grace, repent of our sins and rise to new life, that we may always be with Christ and gather with him. But know that this is not easy. To demonstrate this, our Lord adds something on how demons work so that we may be prepared for our daily spiritual warfare as we resist the devil and our own sinful flesh. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Here our Lord continues to cement what he has said before. There are only two sides. In this case, he tells us of when an evil spirit is driven out, and it leaves. Thanks be to God 
but notice, if nothing else takes the place of that evil spirit, what happens? He returns. And not only does he return himself, but he brings with him more spirits who are more evil than himself. Such a person is in a much worse state than they were before. How, then, can this be prevented? Christ, our Lord, says, when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. If, then, the demon returns and nothing has replaced it, then it's like an empty home, ready and waiting for him. But what if it wasn't empty? How, then, can the evil spirit return? This, dear brothers and sisters, is the answer. Something else must take the evil spirit's place. Someone else. Yes, when one comes to faith and is filled with the Holy Spirit, no more can evil spirits possess such a person, for God himself dwells in and protects such a one. How can the Holy Spirit and an evil spirit inhabit the same person? What does light have in common with darkness? This is the reason in Luther's baptismal rite that there is a first or little exorcism. When the pastor says at the beginning of the rite, depart unclean spirit, make way for the Holy Spirit, this is to show that the two cannot dwell side by side. And it's a great comfort to us that if God dwells within us, the devil cannot inhabit us. But this great blessing also brings with us a target on our backs. For if an evil spirit, when it's cast out of a person who is already in the devil's kingdom and remains in the devil's kingdom, wants to keep them even more firmly in that kingdom, how much more will the devil and all his evil angels attack one who's been firmly rescued from the devil's kingdom? How much more will the devil work to have you leave Christ? Yes, all the more. All the more will he tempt you to sin. All the more will he oppress you, hurling your sin in your face. All the more will he attempt to distract you, to prevent you from attending the hearing of God's word and receiving of Christ's sacraments. All the more will he try to seduce you to false doctrine. The only true remedy for this, the only sure defense of this, is Christ our Lord and what he has done for us. May We may and we must resist the devil, but when in the weakness of our flesh we fail, our obedience to God is not perfect. Our daily we sin by the things that we have done that we should not have and the things that we should have done but didn't do. Our only recourse is Christ. Our only help is he who died for our sins. He who forgives our sins of those who repent and trust in him. For he, Jesus Christ, has defeated the devil, and daily he plunders the devil's kingdom. He will forgive your sins. No matter how the devil tries to throw them in your face, they cannot harm you when those sins are forgiven. No matter how long you may have been away from Christ, no matter how long a child or a sibling or a friend has been away, if Christ brings one to himself again, then you are with him. Everything before is done away with, forgiven. Even if you're surrounded by countless devils, the Lord who can overcome them with a single word and has defeated them by his death, he has taken your sin upon himself. He has shed his blood for it, and he forgives you. 
also that you might be his own and live under him in his kingdom, also that he might rescue you from the kingdom of darkness and bring him into his marvelous light. At hearing all of this, a woman said with holy envy, Blessed is the womb which bore you and the breasts which nursed you. Our Lord responds, agreeing with her benediction of his mother, but adds to it, for blood relation to our Lord cannot bring true blessings, but faith in God and the promises that he made in his word bring blessings all the more. More than that, our Lord said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Yes, the Virgin Mary is blessed above all women for having conceived and bore our Lord Jesus Christ. But this blessing would have been for naught had she not received, believed in humble faith, the words given her by the angel, which she expressed as, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. For her role as our Lord's mother, all generations will call her blessed. But the blessings of eternal life don't come to her through conceiving and bearing our Lord, but they came to her by faith in God and in his word. And this blessing is not limited to one person or to a few, but it is available to all who hear the word of God and keep it. This blessing of the forgiveness of sins, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the rescue from the kingdom of the devil, and the entrance into the kingdom of God. May God keep us firmly in this faith until death, through the merits and mediation of our Lord Jesus Christ, so with the Blessed Virgin Mary, who bore our Lord and trusted in him, as well as with all the saints who likewise have heard the word of God and kept it, we too might rise to life everlasting in the kingdom of God when Christ our Lord comes again. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen. <laughs>